This is a small city. Just north of the big city. Built on brickyards, factories, and small businesses. With a rich history and strong roots. And this is a podcast. That serves to tell our story. Share our experience. And celebrate our community. This. This. Is Beacon. This episode is brought to you by the Hudson Valley Food Hall and Market, located at 288 Main Street, Beacon. On this episode, the team is joined by Satara Brown, who shares her experience building her own nonprofit. Satara pulls back the curtain to show what it was like to start from scratch and the many lessons learned along the way. She now uses all she has gained to help others achieve their nonprofit goals. Without further ado, this is Satara. Well, welcome back, everybody, to This is Beacon. This is Brooke. This is Ruben. This is Brandon. And today, our guest is a little bit of an outside in, but is going to be a huge help to us here in this community. Um, I'm going to let our guest introduce her, herself. Yes, you can tell everybody who you are. Hi, everyone. My name is Satara Brown. I'm from... That's the crowd going wild. Welcome, welcome. I'm from Poughkeepsie, and I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So, Satara, tell us a little bit about you and and your background, your family life. Did you grow up in Poughkeepsie? Yeah. So, I grew up in the town of Poughkeepsie. Um, I went to the Arlington School District. My parents are from the city, so I was actually born in Manhattan, and I moved here when I was one. Um, But... That doesn't count. I'm from <laughs> Poughkeepsie. Um, but since my parents were from the city, they wanted to make sure we were like integrated with the city of Poughkeepsie and different populations. So um, I went to the town of um, school in the town of Poughkeepsie, but I like did after school programs and summer camps and sports in the city of Poughkeepsie. Um, I have an older sister who's 14 months older than me, so she's not really my older sister. I have a younger oh, brother. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait, we, we, wait, we can help you out there. Was that that? Yeah. I would be like uh, Irish twins, right? Yeah. Okay. And you have a younger brother. He's one year younger. So it's like basically we're, we're all the same age. We grew up together. We like were always in school together. We didn't really need friends because we had each other. And are, and are you the middle? I'm the middle. Well, I think we, that's probably why through this conversation we're probably going to relate a lot. So uh, people would call us Irish triplets. Uh, <laughs> me and my sisters are we're all 15 months apart. Yeah. And I'm in the middle. But that's the first time I heard somebody say that, you know, we're not, that's not really my older sister. I still <laughs> say that's my big brother. And he's yeah, yeah. like 15 months older than me. Well, I'm also taller than my sister. So everyone. <laughs> oh, so he's a big sister. <laughs> yeah. I'm pleased to believe growing up, I was not bigger than my big sister. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I wasn't even bigger than my little sister. <laughs> yeah, you were really short for a very long time. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we have a similar family structure. That's so there's so the funny. three of you and you were all involved in like the sports, sports and, and we went to camp together and everything we did together. Travel yeah. basketball. Yeah. So really ingrained in what I'm hearing you say, really ingrained in the community up in Poughkeepsie and, and all the different services that were there and, and available. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we actually went to private school in the city of Poughkeepsie from pre-K till third grade. And my mom, she worked overnight, even though we thought she didn't work at all because we were sleeping, but she would volunteer at our school during the day. So like she would come volunteer at my class and then she would go volunteer at my sister's class and then she's there all day and then she'll volunteer at my brother's class and then she's there at lunch. So it was just like everything was just super close. And then she would um, we would go home and all of our friends would come to our house every single day. My mom would just watch us all and it was just a party all the time. 
Right. Yeah. Paul sounds like Batman. <laughs> I know. But that just goes to show like when you're a kid though, like if you know what you don't see, you just like make up in your mind what's going on anyway. Yeah. You're like, she just went to bed. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, yeah, my mom, she didn't work. My mom's like, no, actually I worked overnight when you were sleeping. I was like, oh, yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about when you're not like when you have spare time, where can we find you? What are some of the things you like doing? Well, I have two nephews who are one year apart. <laughs> I, see see the I see a trend. Yeah. So one is um, he's about to be one years old and the other one just turned two. So I like hanging out with them. Um, but that's also really new. I love going on vacation. My boyfriend would say that I like going on vacation too much because he has fun the vacations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also love the beach. Um, when I'm not doing anything, I'm probably going to be in Jersey or Connecticut or somewhere nearby it, at the beach, just relaxing, doing nothing. So I, I'm the type of person who goes to the beach and I do nothing. Like I don't do volleyball. I don't go in the water. I just, <laughs> I don't do anything. Just leave it. But I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It sounds like when you have spare time, off time, that is your time to relax, truly be like turned off. Like nothing's going on here. Sometimes I bring my laptop. Oh. I try not to. I try not to. <laughs> yeah, but I also think that in, in the work that we're going to get into that you do, um, I value that because I, I, I call that, uh, or, or actually Brooke, Brooke champions it as uh me time and i think you definitely need it because uh, uh, uh i travel a lot um and that's uh i applaud my fiance she likes to book she loves beaches herself um and i need that refresher i right. need to get away to come back to continue the work that we do here because if, if you don't work. yeah and then if you if you don't get away it 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 it, it, it gets at you mentally physically emotionally all, all, all the different points so um i i you you need it yeah you know and, it, and it's well deserved yeah. And uh, so so let's get into what you're doing during the daytime. So you have extensive experience in the nonprofit space. Before we get into your work there, tell us a little bit about your journey. Like what what do you think first? What inspired you to get involved? So back in 2010, I began working um, at a home for uh, children with disabilities and at that time, it was just a job, and it actually turned into my career. You know, it was just a higher-paying job in the area, full-time. Like, yeah, I'm going to make $12 an hour. It was great. Um, but once I graduated college, because I went to um, SUNY Albany, I'm sorry, I went to Dutchess Community College for a year and a half because I took some classes in high school. And once I graduated during that time, I was working at the um, Home for Children with Disabilities. I Once I graduated, because I had that experience, I began working at a law enforcement agency in Albany called the New York State Justice Center for the Protection of People with Special Needs. And that um, was my first introduction into the nonprofit world when I was working at the home. And then when I started working at the law enforcement agency, it really was like, wow, I really do like helping people. And when I was working at the agency, that was my first introduction in actually helping people and providing a service. So once I began working at the law enforcement agency, it kind of gave me a different perspective on human service. You know, I was super young. I was 18 when I first started working at the facility. And like I said, it was just a job to me at the time. But then I'm like, oh my God, this was wrong. You don't treat people like this. And like everything just kind of clicked. So I worked there for three years. I became an advocate and I used to um, advocate for the services that the individuals were receiving all throughout New York State. So I mainly focused on 
New York City and Long Island, and I was ensuring that um, individuals weren't abused or ne- neglected. And if they were, you know, making sure they have the proper uh, treatment plans and things of that sort. Um, and prior to that, when I was in college, I was in a community service group. I was just kind of like, I was a transfer student in Albany, and I'm like, I'm older than all these other people. I just want to get <laughs> yeah. in and get out. Yeah, mind your business. Keep I your can, head down. I can already see it. You're like, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, I was just over it. And, like, I had to live off campus, and I cried, and I was going to come home and go back to New Falls. So I was just like, I have to find something to keep me busy. So I joined a community service group, and we used to do, like, tutoring for um, inner-city kids in Albany and kids that were, like, mandated to go to this after-school program, and they hated it, and they would, like, fight before it. But then, like, I would be able to connect with them. Like, I would show them, like, me going on vacation and, like, fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just a, a great experience. And we would do, like, different cleanups. And we would go to soup kitchens. And I would go uh, visit and spend lunch with elementary kids. And we would, like, go on walks. And they would text me, like, hey, am I going to see you this week? Um, so I think that really is what sparked my interest in giving back. Because once I graduated and I was working at the law enforcement agency in 2015, I was kind of like, I should be giving back to the community where I'm from because I continue doing work out there for the DA's office and just like the soup kitchens and things of that sort. So in September of 2015, I told my parents, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have a back to school event. They're like, okay. Like, my parents, they support anything that I do. Like I'm, I'm the golden child. I think it's because I'm the middle child. <laughs> Uh-oh, uh-oh. But they, that, they support my, my siblings, but they support everything that I do. So I'm like, okay, we're going to have an event. I don't, I don't know how to have an event. I didn't know you needed permits and stuff. Like, I'm just going to do something good. So we spent a couple hundred dollars and um, bought school supplies. And my dad was, like, bragging about me at Stop and Shop to this guy who was, like, tabling outside. And he's like, oh, I'm actually having um, – a back to school bash and we're going to have hot dogs and hamburgers and stuff. So we like kind of teamed up together and I gave up the supplies and he gave out the food and we did it at the river. And then, um, we found out that you just can't have an event. <laughs> <laughs> we, call, we call that gorilla funding. right there. Yes, yes. <laughs> But it was great. We gave out um, school supplies to 60 kids and like, it was just great. I mean, now that I think about it, we were kind of bootleg because we just had the supplies. We didn't even have bags or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it How doesn't much you matter. are. Yeah. Take your heart you was in the right place. So yeah, yeah, yeah. after that, we did a turkey drive. And, like, I was in a pre-law fraternity in college. So, like, all my friends from college that were in my fraternity, they just, like, started mailing me stuff and sending me turkeys and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. So then we, like, did a turkey drive and we just gave out free stuff for Thanksgiving. And then we did a coat drive and, like, we got all of these coats that were, like, in good condition and we just gave them out to people. Like, I would just walk down the street giving stuff out from my car. Um, And I was like, this is really easy to give back. Like, you know, I'm spending a couple hundred dollars, like, that's that's yeah. fine. I would probably spend it at the bar because in Albany there's like two dollar beer nights, so like that's all where everyone's money goes. Um, that's a lot of beer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two dollars. <laughs> um, but no, you do bring up a good point, right? Because what I'm hearing you say is that you just you just got into action, yeah. and right away you're able to connect the two dots like right. this person somebody handed me a school supply and I handed it to a kid that needed it so I'm you know I'm doing good right like I'm making a real impact and you're able to see that which I think is important right because sometimes we get lost right. in that 
Yeah, and I, and I also see the, the the power of communication. You said your dad was uh, bragging about you to to somebody, and then somebody was able to say, "Well, you know, I'm also doing this." And you definitely have the spirit that we have here in Iron being called the power of collaboration. We don't like to reinvent things, so yeah, if somebody's doing something, we like to work and partner and 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 expect and uh, share that experience together because I think you get a great positive event um, that way. I think it's good that you mentioned collaborating. Because I used to always think like, oh, you know, I'm just doing my own thing. I'm just staying in my own lane. But all along, and I was thinking about this yesterday, like all along I've been collaborating with people. You know, I support other people's events. I go and I table. Um, Even though I have my own nonprofit, I always was connecting the dots. And that's important. Um, And I know you mentioned collaborating. And now I really see how strong and important it is. Now, you know, six, seven years later where I have a summer camp, and so many people are reaching out to us in organizations and they're providing services and they're just, they're helping us connect the dots. So collaborating is like a hundred percent super important in this kind of work. That's, that's the secret sauce right there. Like mm-hmm. you can't do it alone. You can't do it separate. You gotta, if you're working for the community, you gotta work at the community. Absolutely. But it's also about, you know, TD Jake says this, you know, you have to find your people. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, well, you know, all your peoples ain't your people. Right. So. <laughs> Hold on. <so. laughs> it's funny that you said that because the guy that I did the first event with, my dad's like, oh, you don't need to get your own 501c3. Just work with them and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't mind collaborating with people, but I have my own vision. So I don't want anyone to like kind of taint that. So I'll keep working with people, but I am going to get my own nonprofit because if not, then I could just be working for a nonprofit and just be following their lead. Um, mm-hmm. So having that flexibility of having your own nonprofit. And I always tell people who are like, yeah, I have this idea and yeah, I want to start a nonprofit, like start your nonprofit because you will be the leader and the one driving that mission. Um, like you said, you always can collaborate with people on the way. Um, so yeah, we just started doing different events like that. We did like a prom dress drive. This was 2015. Yeah. So you just got started and you're like, I'm just going to do what I can from where I am. Yeah. And it just, it just felt easy. Like it was just like, oh, okay, we're going to do this this weekend. Oh, we're going to hold this workshop. Oh, they're doing free SUNY tuition. Let's explain to the parents what this really means. Um, and things of that sort. And then the following year, that's when, um, we started getting like some traction and we tried to do the back to school event again, but the mayor called me and said, I saw this event on Facebook. You can't do this without a permit. Welcome to the red tape. <laughs> well, well, welcome dum, to the world dum, of dum. Uh, <laughs> politics and red tape. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm trying to do something good and now I have to pay and have insurance. Did you say, Hey mayor, did you want to partner with us? Did you want to, I don't remember exactly how things went, but things worked out in our favor. Like we didn't end up paying, but we did have to go through the process of having the permit. But then it kind of like made me feel like, are they like trying to make money off of people who are giving back to the community? Like, and this is like, like you said, it's like a red tape. Like people are trying to do good, like just get behind it and support it. Um, Fast forward, so that was 2016, and we just continued on doing different events. And when we did our prom dress drive, um, we did it with an administrator from the school district. So then we started building a relationship. And that administrator is also a council person who's been on the council since 2016. Um, So that was just like the building of the relationship. And then we were approached by someone at the school district to um, run an after-school program. And I'm like, 
I'm not doing that. I work full time. I think at the time I was working at a law office. Um, and I was just like, no, that's just too much. Backtracked a little bit. In 2017, um, we opened our office. And at that time, like, I didn't even have a job. I um, left my job in Albany in 2016 to go to law school in Long Island. And I hate Long Island. So I don't know why I did that. Well, I, I went because I got a scholarship, but I hated it. So when I was away at school, everyone thought like I had the best life ever and I'm in law school and I have a scholarship <laughs> and I'm like, I just want to go to Poughkeepsie and like do events. Like, I, yeah. just wanna- <laughs> I don't want to be here. Yeah. I don't want to be here. So I like, <laughs> whose idea was this? Terrible. Where am I? <laughs> I'm like, I, am I even learning anything? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Wait, what part of Long Island were you? Were oh you? my God. Suffolk County. No. Oh. Oh. Oh yeah. God. I used to live in Hempstead. Oh my God. I live past. <laughs> I, I lived in Islip Terrace. So I applied to three internships. One was in like um, Manhattan, one was in Queens, and one was back home for the summer. So I got accepted to the other two, but I was like, I'm going back home. So I went, came back home and I just never left. So. <laughs> I like this. I like no, this. I, just no, I think it's left. really important because I think what I'm hearing from you too is that, and what I get from your story, this is very pivotal, right? There is a point in life where like you do have to make decisions, real decisions. And, you know, particularly in 2021, where we're so focused on status, so focused on, you know, being, you know, you said everybody said, oh, you're living the life, air quotes, right? But you knew in your heart where your, where your, you wanted to apply your energy. So you had to go through that. So talk us through how you, you know, it sounds like you made the decision you just needed to like, show the pathway for everybody else to be brought along for that yeah well so like I would be like studying and I'm like I'm not understanding anything that I'm reading and I'm like it's six o'clock in the morning I've been up all night like this is so stupid because I do this every single night and I go to class and our teachers in law school they like cold call on you and they don't just ask you a question like they stick with you for like 30 minutes so it's like you can't just bs you have to really know and I never knew and I'm like yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just dumb. I just think it wasn't for me at the time. Right. So um, I graduated high school six months early and then I graduated college a year early. So, and I like always had these plans. I'm like, I'm going to graduate early. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get a job. I got a job three days after I graduated college. Like my life was just so yeah. like, yeah, this moving. is what I'm yeah. doing. And yeah. this is a path I don't that fail. I'm on. Yeah. Mm. So I had to allow myself to fail. Like I had to allow myself to come back. Like, I had broke my lease in Long Island and I was just like, this is what I want to do. I don't care what it looks like to anyone else. Like, cause I'm in Long Island and I'm thinking about like what we're going to do for Christmas for the kids. Like, why is that my focus when I have a, a big exam tomorrow? You know, like that's all I was thinking about. <laughs> I would come home like on the weekend sometimes and just do different events. And I'm just like itching to go back. Like yeah. that's just where my focus was. Like I wanted to be in my hometown, giving back to my community. Um, so when I made the decision in the summer, my parents were with it. They, my dad, he gave me the money to do all my paperwork. He gave me the money to um, get our office space, which was, it was super cheap, but I was broke. Um, at that time, our office space was like $228 a month. So he gave us like the security deposit and that, and he paid like the rent and the insurance. Um, but they were just like, if this is what you want to do, this is what you want to do. Um, 
So you currently have an office in Poughkeepsie? Yeah. So I have an office in the Family Partnership Center, which is, which should be a community center, but it's not. Now, is that the old uh, Our Lady of Lords yeah. High School? Yeah. Right. So there's a whole bunch of other nonprofits in that building, but we actually got the space because it was cheaper for us to get the space and pay like $1,200 for the year than to rent from them. Like if we needed Every to time use their gym yeah. or it, just to use their conference room. I can so imagine. So it, it was yeah. cheaper. So it made sense. Yeah. That's why we suck with that place. And that was uh, July 2017. So we've been there for four years now. Um, and you've grown ever since. We have. So people were asking us from the school district to do an after school program. I'm like, they're crazy. Like, not doing that. We're just oh, hold on, hold on. I don't know if we got here already. So you have an office, but did you actually have a name or an organization? Yet? Oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. So the name came September of 2015 when we were doing the back to school event. Everyone's like, my dad. He's like bragging and stuff. So people are like, "What's your name?" And I'm like, "He's like my daughter's organization." <laughs> That's what he did. <laughs> So I'm texting, MDO. MDO. <laughs> I'm texting my friends and my family, and I'm like, we got to come up with a name. So we started toying with stuff and actually stuck, which is Rebuilding Our Children and Community, Inc. And we picked that because it's R-O-C-C. So it's ROCK. That's just, dope. just so it's like an acronym. Yeah. Um, Acronyms are important. So we love acronyms around here. That's where the name came <laughs> from. But at this time, we weren't even an organization. It was just me, my dad, my mom, my sister, <laughs> whoever showed up. Um, and we, so we got our office space July 2017. We didn't apply to be incorporated with the state until August of 2017. So we got incorporated August of 2017. And then we didn't um, receive our 501c3 until January of 2018. In January, they started asking us to do programming with the schools just because of the relationships we built over the last mm -hmm. three years. I'm like, I'm not doing that. They're crazy. So then one day I was just thinking, and I'm like, we should start a summer camp. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the at-school program. Let's do a summer camp. Yeah, I'm start like, small. You know, kids, they don't have anything to do here, and they need a summer camp, and they need a summer camp that works with their parents' hours. It needs to be Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, full day, and it needs to be seven weeks because there's, like, nine weeks. They only yeah. get one week off and one week off after the camp because um, most of the programs where I live, uh, they run for five weeks, and they're Monday through Thursday, 8 to 3, and 8 to 3 that's works with nobody's yeah. schedule. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> if you terrible. work 7 to 3 doesn't yeah. work you mm -hmm. can't pick your kid up and you can't drop them off if you work nine to five that still doesn't work if you work three to eleven it doesn't work if you mm -hmm. work four to twelve it doesn't work you know so you got to figure out both drop off and pick off so i'm like all right we're gonna do this so we're at the partnership and um i try to book all these rooms and i have all these schedules and stuff like that everything's good we end up only with one room we had 25 kids i'm like this ain't gonna work. This so, is not an inspiring <laughs> summer camp. <laughs> we were popping. Yeah, like, yeah. like this we classroom is gonna be the best classroom you've ever seen. Listen, we would we would break them up, and you know sometimes they were outside reading, or they're at the park, or they're, they're at the library, or they're like learning Spanish. Like it was great, um, but we were a little ghetto. We were we were mm. we were real like low budget. Um, and I tell my staff that all the time now that we're like uh, official. Yeah, we're getting official now. I'm like, we can't be doing that bootleg stuff no more. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I call that ingenuity right there. 
But I absolutely love it. And, I, and what I hope folks are hearing from her story, and I think it's important to go through these details, is because this is the reality of it, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, I think we've all been in the conversation with the dreamer, right? They're right. telling you about their dream, right? And you had the same dream, right? But what you're doing is you're articulating what the beginning step is. I mean, if I showed you the first flyer we ever made yeah. or, or our very first event, you know, even the amount yeah. of people that came to our yeah. very first event, I mean, <laughs> ooh, yeah, that was not, that does, that did not match the dream, right? you yeah. know, and, and it's important for people to hear that, right? Especially in this world of overnight success, mm-hmm. we're like, you're so perfect, right? Um, I think this is like that. This is where the real work is. Right. I say a lot, you guys know I say this all the time, but like, you know, back at the ranch, like that's cute, but back at the ranch where the real work is done like that you know this is this is the reality guys like you may say i'm gonna have you know four class seven classrooms and this and that and they're gonna be doing this and -and so-and-so's gonna do that and then it's like well the reality is you got this one classroom and now you got to pivot and now Mm -hmm. you got to be and and you have to be able to still see the success in the smaller right knowing you know really recognize that that's a huge incremental step in the right direction and there's so many learnings lessons that you have to get at that stage yeah and i think to piggyback off that um i think uh brooke definitely always uh, highlights that and uh she helped me understand that too because uh, i had the vision of everything needing to be big so like i was like heartbroken at our first event when I could count everyone there. Right. You know, I am his and, little sister, so, so I can feel his so, energy. So, so like, like, she always brings to the table, no matter, um, even like other organizations that we get involved with or other committees that we sign on to help out net with now with, uh, collaboration. And she always says this thing that stuck with me from the beginning. And I think it was, uh, when we started, um, organizing with, uh, Centennial dream big and then we'll fall down to where we are. So yeah, you, dr- you, you, you dreamt big. Like I'm, I'm going to get every room in this building. And then yeah. when I end up with the one and it's like, well, that's what we got. And then now how, how do, how do we put, improvise this plan right. into this and then drive it forward? Yeah. And, uh, I definitely applaud you on that. Yeah. I mean, that was huge. That was huge. And, and tell me about how that summer went on the other end. Like, how did you Ooh. feel coming out? Um, coming out, it felt good. Um, because the parents appreciated it and the kids, they did appreciate it. They cried on the last day. They hugged and Aww. everything. When on the first day, they were like, we hate this. <laughs> it's <laughs> Why whack. are we doing school It's hot work? here. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's my summer. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be here. And I'm like, Why'd you tell my care. mom to sign me up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, call your mom. Tell her to pick you up. She no. ain't coming. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was really, really challenging. So at that time, I worked at a law firm. And um, we had to have our parents pay because we didn't have any funding. And I'm just like, all right. If each parent pays a hundred dollars a week, which to me seven hundred dollars is a lot for a summer camp. I know there's summer camps that are five thousand dollars, but we're talking about inner city families. Oh yeah, um, exactly. But our families they paid, mm-hmm. and I think. They- well, well, you, well, you also got to think about it. You, you also like, like you touched on. I needed to make sure that I had a program that also benefited them. Right. Yeah. I don't have kids, but the. Cost of childcare. I was say, a hundred bucks is, a is, week. Is, 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 so, so yeah, a hundred dollars a week. Like, oh, the parents are definitely probably like, oh no, I'm definitely giving this to you because just yeah, what I hear about the cost. paid for all of it up front. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's, 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 that's a steal. Because because that's almost like one week of uh, daycare. Well, you know what I hear. That's what I'm saying. From what I hear. From what I hear. You know the stigma, <laughs> especially in the city of Poughkeepsie, people are poor. They don't have any money. They don't invest in their kids. And I just have a different perception about the parents in the city of Poughkeepsie. I don't know if it's because 
I'm like the same age as the parents and we grew up around each other and I play basketball with them or I know them because I know their brother or I know their sister or they know my siblings. Um, but it was just kind of like a connection there. And um, it was challenging because, like I said, I was working at a law firm and it's like, dang, every time I get paid, I'm spending money to pay these staff or I'm mm-hmm. spending money on this nonprofit. Like, I'm way in over my head. Like, this is not it. Like, your boss. Listen. I don't know what I was doing, but we was Harlem shaking through the pressure <laughs> for seven weeks. <laughs> seven weeks. So um, it was great. It was like a beautiful disaster. It wasn't really a disaster because the the kids were learning Spanish. They were like doing plays. They were playing piano. They they had piano lessons. Like it was wow. great. It was actually really great. Um, they would go to the library like twice a week and. They were, like, really, really involved. Some of the parents would say, like, you know, my daughter, she used to be very close into herself, and now she's, like, even talking at the dinner table. Like, so those were, like, wins, <laughs> oh, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So it was amazing, but it was also hard because, like, I would book additional rooms in the building, and then the building staff, they would delete my bookings. I don't know why, but they just would. Hmm. Or, like, my staff would forget to take out the trash, and they were, like, taking pictures of the trash bags outside instead of just throwing it in the dumpster. So it was, like, there was always like you had your tractors. Yeah, this is the back at the ranch. Yep, real conversations. So, and then another thing is so, and I don't really care. I say this all the time. Um, the school district they give out free meals in the summertime, but mm-hmm. the meals are terrible. Like they're terrible. I don't have kids, but I wouldn't give children food that I wouldn't eat myself, or I wouldn't give to my kids if I had kids. And so, like. They would eat the free lunch and it would be like turkey sandwiches, but sometimes they're hot, sometimes they're cold. They were just gross. So a goal of mine was to one the next year in 2019 have our own space, a bigger space, and two, have better meals. So we got through 2018. We actually ended up getting a grant from the city for like about four thousand dollars, which I was able to recoup the money that I spent, which was amazing. Um and then Parent came up to me in the fall of 2018 and said, I really need you to start a after school program. My kid used to be a straight A student and now he's not doing well. So we started four after school programs. Four? Four. At four different schools? Yes. Wow. So our goal was to have 75 kids. What we did was we finally applied to the grant through the school district that they were telling us about. And um, we got the award. We got it January of the following year of 2019. And um, I don't know. I'm just doing whatever people tell me to do. We told them that we would be in four different schools. So the school district itself budgeted money for a grant? So they get money from the state. So I think it's the Office of Children and Family Services. They give like two million dollars or something like that and then the school administers the grants so if you're uh they say cbo's community-based organization basically if you're a nonprofit, you can apply for this money so it's probably like 11 different nonprofits providing after school programs throughout the whole entire school district from elementary to middle school to um high school i don't know if they do that here in beacon mm. um it's called the extended learning time grant it used to be called the century 21 grant um so that's what we applied for. Well, nobody told me about this thing called reimbursable grants. So we got a grant for $70,000. 
but we had to spend the money and then get reimbursed. Yeah. So oh, now we're back at summer camp position where I'm mm. spending my own money to get, get reimbursed. reimbursed. Yeah. Um, but the good thing was I didn't have to spend the full seventy thousand dollars. That would have never happened. Um, we would submit our invoices like every two weeks or every month or whatever it is. Um, but it was absolutely crazy. So, um, and I, then the after school program, you're helping them with their, just to paint the story for folks, you're, you're helping them finish their homework. Well, you get to pick. So oh. some, some of the CBOs, they didn't do homework. So like the Poughkeepsie farm project, they just did like planting and things like that. Um, us, I'm really big on academics because when I went to summer camp in the city of Poughkeepsie, we had homework to do. We did work during the, the day. Um, I hated it, but once I grew older, I'm like, wow, I needed that structure. Mm-hmm. I needed to continue to learn throughout the summer. So I'm like super big on academics and um, we have a failing school district in the city of Poughkeepsie. So I can't see myself having an after school program without doing homework assistance. And why else would you send your kid to after school program? Yeah. Like you don't want them to be at school for an extra two and a half hours and then have to come home and do homework and, yeah. eat and go to bed. So, um, you get to design how you want your program. So the first half of ours is academics. And then we do like a structured activity, whether like we would have like a nutritionist come in and different things like that. And that goes back to collaboration, uh, Cornell cooperative. They, um, have nutritionists where they come in and do different like nutritional things. Um, or we'll have like the children's museum come or we'll work with the boys and girls club and do different things. Bill Nye, the science guy. Um, so academics was really important to me. Um, being a boss, I know everyone wants to be one, but being a boss and having staff is uh, very uh, hard. I, I think they just say that they want to be one. <laughs> I don't think they it's really trendy know. To say, yeah. it, it's super trendy, like CEO, I'm the boss. Yeah. I don't want none of that because it the job is like too hard. Thankless. Yeah. So I had all these staff, but I was working. Oh, now at this point in time. I, I switched jobs a lot when I feel like I need to move on. At this point in time, I was working at a court. So I'm like working and I get off at four and I worked in a de- in Pleasant Valley. So it was like 20 minutes away. But after school program, it starts at 2.30. It ends at like 4.45. So I would get the tail end. So when I would get there, everything would seem like it's okay. Like, <laughs> But then I would get, like, reports from the school and things like that. Like, hey, the teachers are getting mad that the kids are touching stuff. So I got to tell the staff, like, hey, don't touch stuff. But I was so new to this game that no one put me on. Like, I needed to have a supervisor at every school. I didn't have that. I just had the staff. Right. And you would think, like, all right, well, I wouldn't, you know. But you can't think that everyone thinks like you. Yeah, yeah. So. That's another nugget. Thank you for that, Jen. And especially when you're running a nonprofit you're being a boss like you can't assume that people are going to do the same exact thing as you like you can't yeah i, I I've, I've been down that road and i've been told that many times i want to say gem <laughs> dropping <laughs> <laughs> well i feel like you know it's just common sense like of course you wouldn't like no it's nothing yeah. is common well i think also because you both are middle child that's why. <laughs> <laughs> that might be it too. Uh, I, I told you there was going to be something but uh <laughs> I, I, th- I think right now we'll take a little break so that we can add a word from our sponsor. A quick word from our sponsors. Are you looking for good foods and great drinks? Well, stop down at the Hudson Valley Food Hall and Market, 288 Main Street Beacon. The food hall showcases a variety of cuisines and local chefs from the Hudson Valley. In addition to their food, in the back you will find the Roosevelt Bar. To learn more, 
visit their website, HudsonValleyFoodHall.com. Now back to the show. So you you now have the after school program up and running. This is something that you provided. Um, kind of kind of running, still learning, still learning, but again, like still kind of like rolling with the punches and being very, um, you know, you're being able to pivot when you see issues. So did you then institute? Well, what happened was, what had happened was, (laughs) (laughs) I asked one of the principals how she thinks our program's going. And she said, do you want me to be honest? And I really didn't want her to be honest. I wanted her to say something nice. (laughs) But I'm like, yeah. She's like, you're running a state-of-the-art daycare center. And I'm like, oh, that hurts. No, that like. We we, we always say feedback's a gift around here, but whoa, whoa. Yeah, that's a (laughs) No, I needed that. I needed that. And after that, I hired my mom. Well, actually, let me backtrack. I didn't hire her. My mom decided to come in and take over. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I wasn't paying her. But I'm like, I can't pay my mom. Like, you know what I mean? That's a conflict. Oh, yeah. Nah, it's not a conflict. Yeah. It wasn't until like two months later, she became the supervisor at that school because that's where we had the most kids. And then my sister, I had to move her to another school because that staff over there it was a hot mess. And um, my mom came in and regulated everything. My sister went to the other school and she regulated, regulated everything. And I told my sister because my sister was working at I don't know. She was like floating. I told her, I said, you have two weeks to turn this school around or I'm firing you. Hmm. She turned it around. Nice. And my mom, she turned, you know, everything just w- went so much better. Um, And then two months later, like the guy who is at, who was administering the grant for the school, he's like, you don't pay your mom. I'm like, no, I can't like pay my mom. He's like, she's a supervisor. You can write her into the grant. You can pay her. So I'm like, Oh, this is cool. Yeah. So, like, I was getting paid for the first time, but, like, I wasn't really getting paid because I was using my own money to, (laughs) and then getting reimbursed. By the time I get reimbursed, I'm putting more money back in. So, it's like, I don't feel like I'm getting paid. But then when I I was paying my sister, and that was, like, a good feeling because it's like, wow, my sister is making, like, you know, decent money. And, yeah. yeah. So, go ahead. So, so I just want to know when, so when you got hit with this truth juice, right, when when this principal came to you, like, what was your initial response? you guys better fix this and you have like two two weeks or else I don't like that's yeah. it. Fix it. Yeah. That that was it. Fix it. Yeah. I don't know what you have to do. I don't care what you have to do. Just fix it. But I don't want feedback like that no more. Yeah. yeah. I said we cannot. Yeah. And but well it's also too because again, you have to make sure that the folks that are representing you also have your vision and your expectation. So I think with that feedback gave you was license to then fully articulate your vision for this program. Yeah, it was almost like the fire got turned down a little bit. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is well, real. Also like- because, and I think too, we get that too. Like, you know, I don't think anybody shows up, especially in like uh, the space that we're in uh, when you're trying to help. I don't think anybody shows up to do a bad job. Like, you know, like I'm yeah. here to do a crap job today and, uh, you know, nobody really does that. But well, what like they said, think is acceptable right. is not the same, but right? Expectation. it brings brings us back to when I was saying that I started working at the home for the children with disabilities. I didn't go seek that job because, yeah, I love this. This is what my career is going to be. It was this is a higher paying job. Yeah. yeah. So I can't fault any staff. Right. But, you know, 
but that also taught me like I don't I, I don't conduct the interviews because my mom and my sister say that I ask the wrong questions. So and that's you know, fine. You know where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are. That's fine. Yeah. You know they got to dig in and ask all these questions and scenarios and stories and whatever because they're working one like hand in hand with the person. I'm not working hand in hand with the person. So like you said, that's not my strength. Like I can't screen someone. Like I could be like, oh yeah, they have a good background. Their resume looks good. Yeah, they seem nice. But they really get into the nitty gritty, yeah. which is needed. But we didn't learn that until we act after we had that year of experiences, and um, yeah, that the fire was definitely on. Um, we turned things around, but then at the school where we were doing the state of the art daycare center, we got additional kids because a program collapsed. Mm. They just gave us kids, so we were only supposed to have seventy five kids. We had one hundred and five kids throughout mm. the four schools. So I would like get off work and then I would run around to each school, collect the paperwork, blah, 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 blah. We made it through that year because it was only um, January to June. Right. Mm-hmm. So then now here we are, 2019. We're, we're doing our summer camp again. Oh, another th- goal for the summer camp was I don't want to charge low income inner city kids. I don't. I don't want to charge them. I don't feel good charging them. We had to the year before. I don't want to charge them. So... We um, found a location, which uh, church owned, and it was actually a full building. We only had the upstairs, but no one else was in the building. And it had five different, six different rooms, and it had a kitchen area, and it had like a common area, and it was great. So we rented rented that. Um, we got another grant for the city. I think this year the grant was ten thousand dollars. And um, something else that was great that happened was. Um, our back to school event that I mentioned to you guys, it grew. So now we're serving 600 kids and we're giving out book bags and school supplies. So we, we upgraded. Um, and we always get a lot of press from like the Poughkeepsie journal and things like that. A woman called me and was like, Hey, I saw you in the newspaper. You're back to school event. We want to help. Okay. So I met with her. She is actually from a foundation where you can't solicit funds they just pick who they want to give funds to. So they gave us $5,000, $4,000 for our uh, camp and $1,000 for our back to school event. I'm like, oh my God, we are rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is so much money. And it, like it was, the money was up front. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, oh That's my God. Awesome. So we used it for our camp and like our kids came and they were like running through the building and they loved it. And, um, and the school district asked us to do a summer camp with them, too. So we had 50 kids at our original camp, mm-hmm. and then we had 25 kids at the school district. Um, our original camp, my sister was a supervisor. My best friend was also um, the supervisor. And it was beautiful. It was also a disaster. But it was beautiful because we're still learning, right? right we're growing. Yeah. But it was like an upgrade from the year before, like, Mm-hmm. We our kids they had pizza like they had like food I mean, from the Spanish said, restaurant. You already said a building. That's that's a huge upgrade from yeah, one room. Yeah, so. one, yeah, that's a win. And 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 and, and you keep uh, reflecting on that like like it's a disaster. Like when we organize events, like internally we may know what's what's like off or what happened. But you know sometimes like on the outside looking, people in, don't know. People don't even know what right. you, what, no. like, like like what you're calling a disaster. So um, and that's a skill. That's a skill. So this yeah. is this is really the conversation for the organizers, right? Because we all know like behind right. the scenes yeah. that's yeah. going on. Right. And they are like, 
did the event really go well? But then you look at pictures and you're like, wow. Oh, you're like, oh, that's where the people were. Right. Oh, there were people there, you know? Yeah. So it's like behind the scenes every day, it was like. It's a grind. It's a yeah. grind. Yeah. It was like, you know what? We made it through the kids. They did activities. They made slime. So they're happy. They, no one got hurt, you know? Um, But there were like things that. They don't go, like, they don't go according to your plan. And with kids, nothing goes according to the plan, yeah. you know, but I'm a planner. Like I said, with my life, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to yep. do that. But with kids, my sister's like, they're kids. You got to relax. But we also learned so much. So like my best friend was a supervisor. My sister was a supervisor, but she, my sister was also everything else. And we learned that summer that my sister is not the supervisor because she's not telling kids what to do. She's like making slime and doing yeah. Just having fun, yeah. which is fine because need we need that. someone to yeah. do that, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we learned our strengths and weak weaknesses. Um, our original camp, everyone wants to be in that one because it's fun. Like it's better than the school district. It's it's Monday through Friday. It's seven weeks. Like mm-hmm. we get to go on trips. Like it's just fun. Wait, hold on. Okay, so as someone who worked in camps for a long time, I, I appreciate and understand the significance of camp rivalries in the sense of this camp is better than that camp. You're telling me you were able to create that within your own program. Yeah, but not on purpose. No, no, that's even better. But I'm saying, but you were able to. The kids are doing that. Yeah, you were. So you created this environment where the kids had pride, whether they were in the school or in the original program, that this is my camp. Yeah. This is the camp that I. It's like, what camp do you go to? Oh, I go to the fun one. Right. And some of the parents, the parents of the, you know. (laughs) At the school district, we were under different parameters if we wanted to do a field trip and things like that. And we didn't have transportation that the schools on the other side of town where we are, they could walk to the art studio and walk yeah. to all these different places. And the parents are like, wait, why didn't my kid get to do that? They're not in the fun camp. That's, That's how you know you got something, though. So. Sorry, they're not in camp fun. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, we made it through the summer. Um, and now we're in fall of 2019 and we're back at after school and, um, things are going great because my mom, she's the boss. Um, and this year we only are in two schools. We're still going to yeah. meet our goal of 75 kids, which we went over. We had 80, but at least it wasn't 104 just because we didn't have the staffing. Um, but it was great because it was just one school. My mom was running and my sister was kind of running the other school, mm-hmm. but then I had to fire my sister because like I said, she's not a good supervisor. Oh, wow. But it's okay. My mom rehired her this year. So. <laughs> yeah. There's a, happy, there's a happy ending to that story. Um, so we had our two programs and things were going so good. We would have like 20 volunteers for the month coming on different days from Dutchess Community College. And we were like just getting all these interns and like we would pair them with um children that were behind academically and who are who might have special needs or who need to catch up or whatever we had um a volunteer her name is miss asia we actually took our kids to her art studio uh the year before and she is a certified special ed teacher in new york city she um left her job she's doing her art studio but she will volunteer and she would be able to assess the kids and do things like that so we were like really getting our momentum so now it's um fall of 2019 we were going into 2020. We're like rocking and rolling. Like we are the rock stars. Like we are great. Mm-hmm. Then the pandemic hit. Yeah. Like, yeah. damn, we finally got our momentum. Like yeah. Yeah. you hit your stride. <laughs> 
So the pandemic hit and we shut down March 13th of 2020. And it just sucked because mm-hmm. we didn't know that it was going to be our last day of school. We just yeah. never went back to school. And the way things were in the city of Poughkeepsie, they didn't go back to school until March of this year. Yeah. And even wow. with that, they didn't go back to school full time. So we had to make the decision whether or not we were going to have our regular summer camp because the school wasn't having any programming. And um, I made the decision to sit last summer out. And I made that decision because we have all these kids. 98% of our families work in the healthcare field. So they're already being exposed yeah. potentially to COVID. And then, you know, I didn't want to put anyone at a risk. I don't really feel comfortable with kids wearing masks. Once they can't breathe, I can't even breathe wearing a mask. So I'm like, it's just going to be too much. And then they're yeah. like, oh, you can just have camp outside. And I don't believe in that being outside all day long in the heat and the rain. I Listen, we got to go inside at some point. Yeah. Um. So we didn't have camp. Uh, but we still had funding from the foundation I was telling you about because the first year they gave us $5,000. But guess what? The following year they gave us $16,000. Wow. No, eighteen, eighteen. dollars oh, wow. wow. So I was like talking to the lady and I was like, yeah, we didn't really have like technology like the Boys and Girls Club. Like they have iPads and stuff like that. We're kind of like, you know, low budget. So she gave us a $6,000 grant just for technology and then a $13,000 grant for our summer camp. But we never had summer camp. So we had some funding. We had some funding from the city as well again. And I'm like, okay, we'll do our own after school program. We'll do two days a week, uh, Friday for three hours and Saturday for three hours. Because if we did more than three hours, we would have to be licensed by the Office of Children and Family Services. Oh, and just to mention, um, our summer camp is licensed by the Department of Health, but we had no idea what we were doing. So you have to fill out a packet that's like this big. And then the guy comes to visit. But when he comes, he's there for like three hours <laughs> and he goes through all your paperwork. Mm. And it's, just, we does he have really... a red pen. He does. Yeah. Yeah. And he comes twice. So camp is only seven weeks. So it's like, you're coming back to back. Like yeah. you're on our backs, but he, me and him are like besties now. Like he emailed me this, this, um, like this month and was like, Hey S and I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't know we were friends like that. But that was another stressor for the camp. Like, we don't really know what we're doing. We actually had a um, girl who her kid was in our camp and we grew up with her and she's a nurse. So she was our nurse and she did all the checks and stuff like that. And she's actually a licensed nurse. She's a professional. So she knew what she was doing. So that was great. She taught us a lot. Um, But that was another thing. It's like, yo, girl, the health department's here. I see them walking up the stairs. Or it's, um, I see a person with a clipboard and it comes to be the building inspector. And we don't know. You right, know what I mean? Yeah. The first year, someone called the child care council on us and we were under investigation. Oh, wow. I'm like, how could someone do this? We're just trying to help kids. You never yeah. know how uh-uh. hard it is to just do good. They said was, we yeah. were running a legal camp. That's a thing? You can run? Apparently. So <laughs> if you are doing more than, so if like, if you're just a sports camp, like if you're just doing basketball, you don't have to be licensed through the department of health. If you're like doing multiple things, like you're doing swimming and then this and then that, then you have to be licensed through the department of health. But we were just doing academics. Like all day they were doing academics. They were doing Spanish and like science and math and stuff like that. So we already spoke to the health department, but other people didn't know that. The person who called didn't know that. So we had to like go through this whole investigation and that was scary. And it was also like, kind of crushed my soul a little bit because yeah. it's like i'm busting my blood it's a test oh, yeah. of your spirit for sure how can someone do this you yeah. know 
And yet they did. They did. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, uh, pro tip for those of you out here, don't, you know, don't be surprised about what other people may or may not do along your journey. And you can't, you can't allow that to penetrate your shield. Don't yeah. allow that to make you sit down. Don't allow that to, you know, um, damper your light because you're doing good work. And I was scared. But what am I scared for? I had a conversation with the Department of Health. Like, they <laughs> knew we were here. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. We weren't doing anything wrong, but just the audacity. Yeah. You know, it was really the audacity for me. It's like, why would someone do this? Mm-hmm. Hey, so, the, hey. so, <laughs> so in 2019, like, I had PTSD. I'm like, you know, my friend who was working with me and she was like my admin staff. We didn't know she was going to be admin. She was supposed to be a counselor. But then when we have the health department coming in for three hours, we need someone to sit with that person, you know? So that she kind of formed into that admin role. And then we also received a lot of support in 2019 from the community. So like four days a week, people would just drop stuff off, like food, snacks, parents. They found out what a Spanish restaurant we were getting food from. They would buy extra trays. Like, we received so much support from the community. It's been, it's, it's been amazing. Like yeah. I think everyone sees the work that we're doing and we're grassroots. Like no matter how big we get, we're always going to be grassroots. Um, and I say this to everyone. Um, yeah, my friends work for me. My friends are the ones who were at my events when no one was there. You know, they were the ones promoting it. They were the ones staying up and doing the arts and crafts and all of that stuff. So yeah, I'm going to come up with the people who I came mm-hmm. up with and mm-hmm. there's no shame in my game. So yeah, I, now my mom, she's my executive director and she hates me telling people that she's my mom, but there would be no rock without her. You know, there would mm-hmm. be no rock without my sister, without my friends. And it's like, we literally are a family and everyone else who is around us is our family. Our kids are our families. We text, we call on birthdays, we FaceTime. Like it's just, a family and that's just how we rock and um i like that pun yeah for real yeah yeah, yeah. i think i think just hearing your story now um might make sense on the fact that uh you you also have like another skill or something that you're doing of like trying to help out other nonprofits. so it almost sounds like you walk the walk of like man if someone else is going to do this i want to be able to help you be further along so yeah you know and i so last year i started a consulting business to help other people start their nonprofits because i um would do workshops to teach people how to like do the paperwork and things like that but then it was like i gotta kind of do more because there's way more than just getting started like you can have your 501c3 but then like what's next so i started doing different master classes on how i received a hundred thousand dollars in grants in a year but then I also tell people that, yeah, that $70,000 grant, that was reimbursable. What does that mean? I had to put the money out. I had to find the money. My parents had to find the money. My sister had to find the money. My uncle had to find the money. And then I had to wait to get reimbursed. And sometimes I was owed $30,000. And I'm like, I didn't even know I had this much money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but just, you know, really just like. But that's the telling reality. Telling people the tea. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. All, all money ain't good money. And I would never do another reimbursable grant. But guess what? I also just learned last year that. You could get a reimbursable grant, like from the county, like when the county does the youth funding. I'm like, I am on a pie. I ain't messing with that. I already got to deal with the school district. Listen, <laughs> I done had some money trouble in 2019 because of the school district, and they know it. The finance guys fired for three months. No one knows. I don't care about none of that. I need my check. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I need my check because I got to pay the staff and I don't got no more money to give anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Period. Like, I was phoning friends. Like, I was phoning <laughs> friends that I didn't even know I had. Like, I'm in this whole pickle because the school district don't want to give me my money. Yeah. Oh, my and God. And that's the issue. And I don't want anyone to ever have to go through that. Yeah. And, and because you lived it in such a... In what I call, you know, HD quality. I know I have to change that because I know HD is not the best yes, anymore. 4K, 8K quality. Yeah, yeah. 4K, 8K quality. I'm, <laughs> thank you, my technology man. Um, now we're gonna have to edit every podcast. Yeah, I do. Say, I say that all the time, and I'm like, I am dating myself. I'm like, we have to say this in flip phone. <laughs> um, but because you've done that, that makes you so uniquely qualified for your consulting business. Because I think. You know, it, and you know, folks that are out there, you know, especially if you know me, like I'm a researcher, right? And I could, you know, all this information is probably on the internet somewhere, but you gotta find it. But you have to find yeah. it, and you have to digest it, and you have to be able to part and parcel all this stuff. And then, even when you got the grant, what is this thing at the bottom reimbursable, right? Like that's the reality yeah. of it. So your your value that you're offering is tremendous because you're able to listen to someone say hey here's my dream right and you can quickly part and parcel here's the better path here's the here's the road that is uh, maybe not completely paved but this is the one that you're going to avoid all these boulders and rocks that you're going to have to overcome to get to the same destination which i think is value beyond measure yeah, and I um actually was in a program at the John F. Kennedy School at Harvard University, um, and it, they have a nonprofit leadership program. So I paid like $8,000 out of my pocket, like I was on a payment plan, and I like completed the certificate program, and I learned a lot, but I really learned a lot through my experiences. Like in 2019, I had a friend who I met and became my friend. She started working for me. She worked for me in 2018. She worked for me in 2019. We're not friends anymore. You know, when things got hard, first of all, she thought that it was her nonprofit. When it's like, sister girl, we've been here since 2015, putting mm-hmm. in this work. You're just seeing us when you think we're at this level, when we're not even really at this level. You know, you don't know what happens on the back end. And gem dropping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I better stop saying that because somebody does say that. That's oh. like- well, we got the. That's like we, an, we, we, we got a soundbite for that. A, no, it's an Amanda Seals thing. So those out there that watch Amanda <laughs> Seals, you know where I got that from. But you know, she didn't know everything, and she wanted to know everything. But everything's not for everyone, you know. And we're not going to just talk about problems if we can't find solutions. So when we're waiting for thirty thousand dollars checks and reimbursement, and we got to tell the staff that we can't pay them this week, and we got to wait another two weeks because we're waiting on the school district, it got ugly. Mm-hmm. Like. No, I can only imagine. That's, that's We're tough. calling the labor department. They went to the police station. And it's ironic because I work for the police department now. Yeah. But it got ugly. You know, like they were acting like I was trying to rob them. Meanwhile, my parents was giving their mortgage money to pay people's salaries. Mm-hmm. But nobody knew all of that, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and maybe and, and we should have been more transparent or whatever. But, you know, things were tied up. And yeah, but you can't ever I would never put myself in that predicament again where I'm depending on an entity to reimburse me in a, a, a fair amount of time. Yeah. It probably, it's just unrealistic. It's not yeah. And, yeah. And, and what I love about this, and, and thank you for sharing 
all of the tea here. Um, <laughs> it's because because what you're describing is a common challenge that happens, particularly in the early stages mm-hmm. of a nonprofit. Right? It is a nonprofit. Right? So inherently, it's already a shoestring kind of. Oh, most of the time, right. it is a shoestring kind of budget. And remember, folks that get into this space, they tend to have a lot of passion, a lot of heart. They want to get started so fast. That sometimes you gotta not your all, a little bit. yes, not all your T's are, are, are crossed and your I's dotted just yet. And this is, this is the reason why you want to, what I say, go slow to go fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you describe that really well, right? Because it wasn't that you weren't delivering value to value to the community. It wasn't that there wasn't a need out there, but you were exhibiting real challenges, which is at the end of the day, I still have to pay my staff. And right. that is a very real challenge that has to be solved. And that's one that, that doesn't have the luxury of time. And then when it comes to having employees, there's all these other insurances that you need to have that you don't know about. Like, yeah. Okay. Workers comp insurance. All right. But then you have to have disability insurance and you have to have paid family leave insurance. And if you don't opt out of paid family leave insurance, and if you don't have disability insurance, you're going to get a penalty. Yeah. But you don't know that. Like who, who tells you that? You just think that you have to have like liability insurance, but you have to have all these insurances and then you have to pay your quarterly taxes. So it's not just like, all right, I'm paying a thousand dollars out to a staff. I'm paying a thousand dollars plus I'm paying their taxes and then I have to file their taxes. So we went 2018, 2019, no bookkeeper, no accountant, just, and I'm like, I can't live like this. Mm. We are not going to be sustainable. We're not going to grow if we're doing ghetto business. And this is what we're doing. Like, I'm just doing what I think I know. So that's when I enrolled in the course at Harvard. And I'm like, all right, I need a bookkeeper. So I got a bookkeeper. And it was actually the bookkeeper from the law firm that I used to work at. And she got us together. Like, she handled payroll. I can't handle payroll. I was handling payroll. No, I got too many other things to do. And I can't be messing up people's money. Like, they were yeah. trying to put me under yeah. the jail. I don't need that no more. <laughs> yeah. So pro tip, get a, get a bookkeeper. Get a bookkeeper. And guess what? My bookkeeper, she's $35 an hour. But when she's doing my payroll, it only takes her two hours for the whole month. So it's only $70 a month. Yeah. And you write that into the grant. But you you wouldn't know that. You would think, all right, so I, I'm going to pay her $70 in my pocket. No, you write it into the grant. Like the grant I have at the school district, you write that in. Yeah. Um, our internet, you write that in. And that's how you pay that out. But I didn't know that at first. I had to find that out snooping around, looking at other people's invoices and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but and, it's those gems that I found out that I'm like, right. I got to tell people because if someone told me this, I would be in a different situation. Yeah, I would have like a school building by now, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but like you mentioned, um, there's the, a lot of common challenges that right. happen in the early phases. And that's another reason why I started uh, my consulting business because like so many people were like me, like, all right, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to start this program. This is working. I'm paying for it. It's fine. But once you start like getting bigger and bigger and your expenses start giving, getting bigger, it's kind of like, this is a bill at this point. It's fun. It's what I want to do, but it's a bill. When there's funding available to fund whatever it is you want to do, like you want to have podcasts with kids, there's funding. Maybe call IBM, you know, um, call Central Hudson, call all these local businesses. And you have to ask. I learned that you have to ask, like before, when I first started, I felt like, "Eh, who am I? I'm not good enough. Like no one's going to give me money. Like 
I don't deserve money. Now I, I will ask Stop and Shop. Actually, we're the uh, nonprofit of the month and we were the nonprofit of the month in April. And like, if someone buys a reusable bag, they donate a dollar to the nonprofit. And we only got $53 in April, but that's great. Yeah. We yeah. got $53. That's passive income right there. Just, Every yeah. dollar we, we won a $50 um, Adams gift card the other day. It's it just like little things like that yeah. are actually really big things because there was a point in time when we didn't have any funding to feed our kids meals and they had to eat those turkey sandwiches that were hot and cold, mm-hmm. you know? So, and another thing is I know how to make a dollar stretch, you know, we're going to get the bank for our buck. So that $50, I don't know what we're going to use that for, but it's going to be well spent, whether it's feeding our kids or buying stuff for the garden that they have. Um, we're, we're able to make our money stretch. And I think that's important too, because once you start getting these dollars in, it's like, all right, you get a $50,000 grant. That seems like a lot of money. But when you paying payroll or oh, it goes fast, maybe you're not even paying a whole bunch of people. I don't have any full-time staff. All my staff are part-time. Um, I have staff that work 10 hours during the school week, school year for the after school program. But then it's like I have seven of those. So it's it's expensive. You know, our biggest expense is always payroll. And then in the summertime, it's like, all right, they're only here for seven weeks. But dang, when they're here full time, that's a lot. 40 hours a week for seven weeks. That's a lot of time. Oh, yeah. It's a ton. So now if there's folks out there listening and they're like, yeah, she knows a thing or two about a thing or two. And I need to have a conversation with her. Um, Let's talk about some of your services, because I know you've broken it up a couple ways that folks could get in touch with you, but then also like actually work with you. So let's talk a little bit about, I know you have what's called the nonprofit Academy. Yes. And that's my favorite. Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about what that looks like, the structure of that. So I started my nonprofit Academy last year. I offer it once a year. It's a three month, three months coaching program and it's a group coaching program, but it's small, like uh, five to 10 individuals per cohort. Um, it starts in July and it ends July September, end of September. Um, and we meet every other Saturday online for two hours. So every other Saturday we meet from 1 PM to 3 PM. And, um, this is for individuals who already have their 501c3, but if you don't, I'm doing a masterclass on May 25th or 26th, that Friday. Um, and it's going to be like a crash course of how you can file paperwork yourself because you can file it yourself. If you want me to file it, I will charge you to file it but i'll file it but you really could file it yourself i filed mine myself um and so in the academy we will start with your business plan and it's kind of boring but it's needed because sometimes you just have to look at that paper because people once they think you're big they'll be like oh you should do this and you should do that and you should do that and then sometimes it's like um this doesn't connect to who we are let's look back at this paper because this is what our mission is this is what our goal is for a year this is what our goal is for three years and this is what our goal is for five years and it has nothing to do with veterans nothing against the veterans <laughs> or it has nothing to do with mental health when i first started i'm like yeah i'm having a mental health facility i'm gonna do this for the kids i'm gonna do Girl, no. I am laughing because you're like, the business plan is kind of boring, but it's kind of the most <laughs> important you, you need to be there for it. Because, and, and you hit the nail on the head in the sense that once you start going, what you're doing is you're inviting others into your journey and, and, and what I call, you know, you, you invite people seats on this bus. And sometimes people get on the bus 
but they think the bus is going to, you know, Florida. And you're like, no, this bus destination is California, mm-hmm. you know, and like, you've got to have that business plan front and center yeah. because it will help keep everybody on track. So you don't have, especially right. in the world where now you have other people on your bus. Right. Uh oh! Don't let them fall into a conversation with somebody at a tra- you know, at at the bus stop, talking about, yeah, get on our bus, we're going to Florida, and you're like, that's not where we're going. And if you're anything like my boyfriend, he'll be like, oh, we'll just do a world trip. We're gonna go to Texas. Yeah, we'll just go everywhere, right? Because again, yeah, there's right. a lot of need out there. There's a lot of white space. There's a lot of opportunities out there. But for you specifically, you have to, to stay achieve, in your lane. Yeah, yeah, stay on track. You have to. Yeah, and those coulda, woulda, shoulda conversations. Those are tough to have. And another thing is, like, it's easy, like, when someone someone could be like, oh, well, I'll just funnel the money through your nonprofit or, you know, but you can't accept money f- for animal cruelty if your mission is to serve youth, you know? Yeah. You have to know what your vision is. I've had to turn down money from so many different people. Like, I actually helped this girl start her nonprofit in Brooklyn, and then she asked, she uh, works uh, with children with mental health, and she asked if... She, if I could administer a grant for her, which people do that. I don't do that, but people do that. Um, and I'm like, oh, I could just do that. You know, I could accept the money for her. No, I cannot. My nonprofit says we serve Dutchess County, not Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. do that. Right. That's why you have to stick to the plan. And it's so easy to get derailed and deviated because it's like, oh, yeah, it's not a big deal. We'll do this. No, we won't mm-hmm. do this. And you have to feel comfortable with saying no to people or else you're going to burn out. Like yeah. you cannot pour from an empty glass and um <laughs> especially for the newbies like, like do not like you 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 cannot like do not exhaust all your money. I'm telling you this from experience. Like but that's what happens, right? You get so fixated and so so excited. But that's why you have to have a business dude. plan. Yeah. And that's why I say like like I like your verbiage that it's boring, but you know, it is critical. It's super boring, but it's super critical. Yeah, Yeah. it's critical. And and it'll challenge you too. And I think over time as an organization, you do need to revisit it. Oh, absolutely. Because it may, it may mold, it may change. Yeah. And and, then another distinction that I would just want to throw out there just by being in this space, starting where you started. And that's why I just keep smiling as you talk, because I'm not even, (laughs) we'll, we'll talk offline, but, um, there's also a difference between nonprofit and a business. Right. So I have a lot of friends who started like certain t-shirt businesses or hat businesses. And I'm saying, yeah, what? And so like when they're trying to collaborate with me, I'm saying, yeah, but I'm in a different space. Right. And, and, and understand, and, 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 and I accepted the space that I'm in. And, um, right now we're all non, uh, volunteers. And, 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 and that's why I said there's, there's a great spirit in, in, in Beacon that, um, we cherish and, and it's like the foundation of us. But, um, so I understand even when we're doing events, I'm saying even when the money comes in, the money's not a, mm-hmm. you the, feel the, guilty. The, the, the money's not big, but, 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 it, but it's also not big. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not really. If you, if you're doing work, you, uh, I'm also a union man. Right. I'm you also a union man. So, 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 so Talk if you're doing work, it. you deserve Talk to get paid. But, um, but, but we're, we're in the space. That's why with our scholarship, mm. well, we've, we've, we've awarded $27,500 to graduating seniors mm-hmm. within 10 years. That's but that's because the money that comes in goes right back out. That's what our mission is. That's what our, our plan is. And that's what we're about. In the business world, you're about profit. So, so there's a distinction. Like if you're going to jump into the nonprofit world, understand this. It's, it's about give, 
just right. stick to your plan. I know where I'm at with it. And, um, and, and there's a distinction between nonprofit and business. That's why I'm kind of laughing because that's why I started my consulting business because I can't pour from an empty glass. Mm-hmm. I can't be on the phone with someone for four hours. Like, because I'm on the phone. If, <laughs> if I answered every yes. single phone call, oh, like, yeah. listen. And also what I'm hearing from the Academy is that, and what I like about it, and I'll definitely be exploring more for those of you <laughs> who are interested. Um, but uh, I think, you know, having a cohort is so powerful because, you know, and that cadence of every two weeks, because I can imagine, and you know, this space can be lonely. Right. Right. Because everybody, listen, everybody wants to be at the event. Everybody wants the picture taken. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my good. Hashtag this. I got my one like on Facebook or whatever that is, right? Like, okay, cute for that moment. But, you know, like I say, back at the ranch where the real work gets done, it can get lonely. It can get tiresome. It can get stretching, right? The fact that there's a cohort, I love that because then it's like when I hear a success, a success from somebody else, or I mm-hmm. get to share mine. like they know the fight that I'm in because we're all in the same journey, even though we're all protecting our own space of, building our own unique nonprofit. And this goes back to what we said at the beginning. You got to know your people, right? right? And so you find, I feel like through this particular program, you're going to find like-minded people that want to build something. And there is a power there. There is a synergy there. And you're building a network, right? So after that three months, not only are they getting all the, you know, the checkmark things, the boring things and the not so boring things, but you're building your own education, but you're also building that network of people. So that when you graduate out of this program, you know, you could pick up the phone and call that other person right. that was in the cohort with you, you know, and continue to build and grow and learn, which I love. And one thing is that's really cool. Because is, it's great for the Hudson Valley. It is. Right? Um, and another thing is it's, it's online. So like I've had students from Texas and California and New Jersey. So you see the great work that other people are doing and it kind of motivates you. It motivated me because I'm like, wow, this girl, she's about to open up a, a foster home in Texas. I can't wait to go visit, you know? Um, and you had a hand in it. Yeah. Right. And Which another really cool thing that I decided to do this year, um, like I have this one woman from Jersey who has her nonprofit and she, it's like, we're all so similar. We want to give back to the community. We start with our own money. We're giving our own money. And I'm like, we make all the mistakes. Right. I'm like, girl, <laughs> you sound like me. And then when people talk to me, it's like, oh my God, I have the same story. It's like, we are all a little different, but we're all the same. It's like, you know, where have you been? And Why so did you call I'm me like, and tell me about yeah, that? So I'm like, girl, ago. all right, you're going to do the academy? Well, you know, your mom works with you too. Yeah, bring her too. You know, she don't even gotta pay. Just bring her because both of y'all need to get this information because you might miss something that your mom might get, and you guys need to bounce this off each other. Hold my hand through this journey. Well, that's what the academy (laughs) is all about. It's about building your board, writing your bylaws. What's important in your bylaws? Like maybe you are the chairman. uh, You're the chairman of your board, and maybe that's the only person that could do any hiring. And you can be explicit in your bylaws and say that your bylaws can say whatever you want them to say, literally. Mm -hmm. Like, you can set the salary for the executive director. You can do, you know, whatever. Um, Yeah. And then for folks, though, that, you know, just so they they don't think the only thing you have is the academy, you could spend the three months in the cohort group, which sounds like it's it's very because it's soup to nuts and you're able to have that 
that full journey, that cycle with folks, but you also just have masterclasses. If folks right. Want to take so I have well. self-paced masterclasses. Sometimes I do them live, but they're self-paced and like it will teach you how I get And grants. self-paced means? You can listen to it at any time and you get the re- recording. Um, so I have a masterclass for how to start your nonprofit. I have one about bylaws and boards, which we were just talking about. And then I have one about how I secured the $100,000 in 12 months and how to do that. Um, but the academy, it kind of teaches you all of that. I also offer some one-on-one services. I do consulting for another nonprofit. So I do um, all their communications. So I like connect them to the community and I do all of that. Um, so that's another service that I do offer. Um, and then I do like one-on-one startups for your nonprofit. So we'll meet twice for two and a half hours and we'll have power sessions where we'll get like your business plan together and we'll get you to whatever you need to do to get to the next step. Once you become a 501c3, you can just hit the ground running. You know, it's only five hours for those two. It's two and a half hours and then another two and a half hours. So there's only so much you can do in five hours. Um, But when I work with people, like we get down to work, I was working with this girl in Newburgh who's doing great work and she was doing the work just like me, but she wasn't a 501c3. And then I had to tell her about the benefits of becoming one and grants. And then she got a grant like before she Ooh. even became a 501c3. That's what's up. So That's it was awesome. like so cool. And it was like a thousand dollars, but it's like when you get that first thousand dollars, it's like, it's huge. Yeah. Huge. huge. The jackpot. Like you make it, it's really right. like cemented at that point. I remember I got my first thousand dollars from um, a foundation called the Awesome Foundation and anyone could apply to it. Um, and it was for the back to school event and I think it was like 2017 and I'm like, we're rich, like (laughs) we're buying book bags, you know, we're changing the world. (laughs) Another thing in the Academy, we talk about different, um, ways to get funding. So like we think about grants and we talk about those reimbursable grants and do's and don'ts. And I found out that you can like get a loan from like, say a place like community foundations of the Hudson Valley. So mm-hmm. say the county gives you a grant for $10,000, you can go to Community Foundations of Hudson Valley with that letter and they'll give you the $10,000. And then when you get reimbursed from the county, it just goes straight to them. I didn't know that. Oh, I wish someone where told were me they that. When you were begging, borrowing, stealing. Yeah. Girl. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> almost had me catching charges. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's like, it's like little things like that. Other things like people didn't know that you can like go ask a business for money. I'm asking every business. I'm like, oh, a law firm? You guys do personal injury? You guys, that was yeah. a quarter million dollar settlement? Maybe you could donate. But how how do you ask? You know, what does a sponsorship letter look like? Um, In my academy, I give you all my templates and they're real mm-hmm. life what I use. Um, I write all of my own grants for my nonprofit with the exception of one. We had a um student from Vassar who actually had a class on nonprofit and grant writing and they did all this research which was great because I'm not like the top grant writer I I just do what I feel is right but she had like all these stats about the schools and the low income and the test scores and stuff I didn't have so I even share that you know and everything that I give out as a template you can just plug your own information in which Mm -hmm. which requires a lot of work right like oh, yeah. these are like 10 page grants or yeah. like your business plan. It, yeah. it might be nine, nine pages. I'll give you the template, but you have to take the time out yeah. and, do it. and do it. So like, but that is a significant leg up. Right. Like significant because first of all, it's not um, in theory, it's your actual 
Yeah, like this is where I got money from. And I'll tell you, like, yeah. hey, I got I got five thousand dollars off of this one, or I'll be like, Hey, I yes. didn't get any money off of this one. Yeah. And like that is critical, right? Because again, you can go Google. Right. And Google will show you all the templates and all the things and all that stuff, but you have no idea what that actually is. And you you don't know what the success rate on the other side of it right. is. Whereas here, not only they have a human being working with you, but also you're opening your files. Right. To those that you're working with so it's like it's reality and oh by the way it's recent right 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 it's not like you're like this is how i got it ago. back in 1987 <laughs> you know like, this is how they accepted it from right it's not one of those things it's like no you got this last year and this is how right. this is the format oh okay let me delete this add this change right. this you know it's 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 work it's not easy it's not like you know it's not like you're giving us the answers to the test but you are in a way it's giving a the structure guy. yes yeah. It is the cliff notes. Thank you. Thank you. The cliff notes of the internet. That's what you have become. It's like personally. when they're like at school and they're like, don't plagiarize. And it says, I am 30. And you're like, 30, I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something like that. Um, but also another thing I love telling people is like, you don't have to be a grant writer. Like, okay, maybe for like a grant that's like a million dollars. I don't know. I never applied for a grant that was a million dollars. But it's really like about who you know and who knows you so like i always tell people promote themselves promote i don't care if no one came to your event who's gonna know make that picture look right put the right angle <laughs> just put it on the internet know why because in this day and age everything's about the internet instagramable everything and like i said i was Tatara from facebook like people still come up to me i was walking to the gas station by my job and they're like you'll be on the internet right i'll be like yeah <laughs> You know, but now it's like normal. But yeah. like yeah. that's how people know me. I don't. Yeah. I don't be outside hanging out, so they right. see me on the internet. And like that, like so many people know me that I don't even know. But that has worked in my favor because people reach out, like, "Hey, how can I help? Hey, yeah. my business wants yeah. to do this," or they'll see your name when it's time to write a when you submit a grant, and they'll give it to you off the strength of the work that they see that you're doing. And that's how I've gotten most of my grants. I got to be very honest with you. It's not because I'm an English major. I wasn't. Um, it's because of the connections that I've made. And like, you guys have proved yourself. So there's no reason why you, you ain't asking people for the dollars. Oh, no. We hear you loud. <laughs> we hear. I'm, you're giving us lots of feedback. Yeah, for and real. It, and we do say feedback is a gift. So we are accepting it. Um, and, you know, I think I think the other thing, too, I mean, for me personally, like, you've just been such a ray of sunshine for me. Yeah. Because I feel like you're a little bit of like our mirror, right? Because we are personally, I feel like we're, we're at a place where we're about to get to a next level mm -hmm. in our, in our journey. But you're kind of like showing us like everything that we already know, like guys, just get started. Yeah. Just do like, it. You got it. Just do it. Stop being so in your own head. My brother's like, I'm not even going to look at her because <laughs> literally last week she told me she's not writing a grant because she doesn't know how to write a grant. <laughs> I'm not a grant writer that you're like, people think they need to be a grant writer. I'm like, I'm like, did he tell her to say that? Did he no, tell that, that's, her? That, that's he... just the middle mind thing. The middle child thinking. <laughs> right. We're yeah, insane. So, but you know what? Now's really the time. And I hate to say this, but it's the truth. Like with the pandemic and like all the relief that's coming. And also, you know, this isn't the civil rights movement, but with everything with George Floyd and what's going on, a lot of companies, they want to give back. They want to give back to the community, whether yeah. they're being genuine or not, but they have this That's initiative. Amazing. So you need to apply for those dollars because if you don't, someone else is. Yeah. That's and amazing. you, you need 
your work supported so that you can continue to do the good work and so that you can expand and fulfill all your dreams. You know, I told my mom and everyone else, like, I don't want anything else for my nonprofit other than to enhance on what we do. And we've been able to do that. Why? Because of the sponsorship that we've been receiving. Someone found me on Facebook and he inboxed me and he's like, hey, um, the company I work for, they want to give back to the community. This was two months ago. They want to give back to the community. They normally give back to like bigger organizations, but um, I want to have a conversation with you. This company is now funding our cooking academy. I always wanted wow. our kids to know how to learn how to cook. So now we're working with um, Hudson River Housing and the company is paying our rent. They're going to help us get like the food and everything else. And it's just all about timing, you know? And right. like I said, promote yourself. So there's people yeah. that want to give back and they don't know how to give back. But if you show them an avenue of how they can give back, they will. And you guys are the big dogs out here. So, yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, and and not even just and this is why we wanted to have you on, not only selfishly for ourselves. (laughs) I know everybody's listening is like, uh, I think they just wanted their own (laughs) consulting hour with her and they just got it. (laughs) Um, But no, I we wanted to make sure we brought you on because it's so valuable to the rest of the community because I know the way this community operates and there's so much great work going on. There's so many great services, community groups, nonprofits out there that are in the same position that we're in, in the sense that we just do really great work here for the community. But what you've done is opened up an avenue for hopefully all of us to really challenge ourselves to like, what is possible if I made the ask? What is possible when I did look at it through the avenue of a business? What is possible for me for for us to all lift each other, right? When the, when the tide rise, what's that, what's that, that saying? When the tide rises, all boats come up, right? Something like that. I'm saying it makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. sounds about right. So, I mean, the, the crux of it is, is that we hope that this conversation for those of you out there, particularly those of you that are dreaming about starting your nonprofit, because we know in this world of entrepreneurship and a lot of the youth particularly, right? They're really interested in doing something and getting Mm -hmm. started. Hopefully this kind of inspired them to take action. But then the other thing for those of you who are already taking action, I hope it, it allowed you a little bit of the world of the dreamer of, where I could, should, would be, what are my next steps? And, oh my gosh, there's a resource right here in our backyard that you can go to. So now I want you to, before we let you go, we want you to plug, um, how can people find out more about you? Where can they find you? You guys can visit my website, satarabrown.com, or you can shoot me an email, info at satarabrown.com. There's a lot of different information on my website. There's a contact form on there. Um, you can visit my nonprofit's website, rocpk.org. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. And I hope that... On all the channels. <laughs> all the social channels out there. Oh, yeah. Instagram. I'm only on those two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and my nonprofit doesn't really do the Instagram thing. We, It's just... I do a lot on my personal Facebook. And like you said, like I'm trying to get away from being the face. So I try to post yeah. on my nonprofits Facebook it's kind of mm-hmm. working kind of not but the message in all this and I was actually talking to my cousin about this today and it wasn't about nonprofits but a nonprofit is a business and it's like a lot of people are hustlers they're not business owners mm. you can be a hustler there's nothing wrong with being a hustler I'm a hustler like I'm make a dollar at anything 
But you have to elevate yourself in your mindset and what you're doing to be a business owner. And when you are a nonprofit, you have to run it as a business. If you don't run it as a business, I'm not saying like, you know, all money in. But what I'm saying is that if you do not have systems in place, like that bookkeeper, if you don't have a supervisor supervising, if you don't have all these things in place, it's just you're just going to keep hustling. So not the. Not the money, but the mentality. Mentality. It's definitely a shift in mentality, like you were saying. And if you don't, you're just going to run yourself dry and you're just going to be trying to play catch up and you're going to be giving your all to the world without keeping anything for yourself. And I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine who's actually the mayor um, two years ago. And that's when it clicked for me. Mm. Like, I'm hustling. He didn't say I'm hustling, but this is what the conversation was. He's like, you give so much to the community that you need to worry about what you're keeping for yourself. And that's when I'm like, our money's messed up. We're barely surviving. Like things are are running, but they're not operating, you know? And that's when the shift came in. That's when my mom had to come in. That's when my sister had to take over. And I had to give those responsibilities to other people because I couldn't do it on my own. You know, everyone has a place. And if I just wrote on Facebook today, if you think you're going to do everything on your own, you're not going to accomplish anything. You're mm-hmm. not, you know, you only could last, but so long you're going to be like that yeah. hamster running in the wheel and you're just mm-hmm. going to get tired. So if you're going to run a nonprofit, you have to run it like a business. And mm-hmm. th- that doesn't mean that you can't help the population that you're intended to help. It just means that you're going to be strategic in what you're doing and you're going to cross your T's and dot your I's. No, I love that. And before we let you go, I'm going to let Brandon ask you his favorite question. (laughs) So, here at I Am Beacon, we like to refer to ourselves as the Avengers of the city. So, with that being said, my question for you is this. Do you know who the Avengers are? Yeah, but I hope the question's not about the Avengers because I don't know that much. No, no, no. no, no. I just like to to preface it. Um, What would be your superpower? What is your superpower? I literally feel like I could do anything. Mm. Like I, I, I literally say that and like my friends, they will tell you I'm super humble, but I literally feel like I could do anything. Like I text my boyfriend yesterday. I'm like, I am a beast. (laughs) 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 And he he replied and he's like, I know you are, but what happened? And it's just like, (laughs) it's just like, I like, I work a nine to five and then I like, can do consulting for another nonprofit, but then I like go to these committee meetings, but then like I write grants and then I like email the parents and then I like go see space on my lunch break. And I just like my nonprofit has taught me so much skills that I feel like I've been through, I've been, I've been at rock bottom with my nonprofit, like literally like, where do I go from here that I feel like nothing can break me because I've been at my lowest. Like I literally been at my lowest. I had a friend who went to the police station with my staff on me saying that I was trying to rob them. You know, Mm -hmm. like that was the lowest moment in my life. Like I don't mess with the police. I work for the police. You know what I mean? Um, But that was a very, very, very low summer. I was stressed out. I was losing weight. I was losing hair. Like it was a hard summer for me. And I feel like I look back and I'm like, (laughs) I was stressing. You know, like, <laughs> I was stressing. Like now, I literally feel like there's a solution to any problem, and now I move differently, even when I do have challenges. And so I feel like I can do anything. 
Mm -hmm. I really feel like I could do anything. Wow, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. We could use that power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, we can't do that. <laughs> you don't say can't. That's not true. Hold on. Can. I, I can't let you say that, Brooke. That is not true. I mean, I get a lot Maybe of Maybe internally down. you say oh. that, but. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, We're no. talking about mindset. We're talking about mindset. You guys see me on the outside after I've gone through. <laughs> I've gone through all the emotions. Now I feel like, oh, summer camp. All right. We we got 70 kids. We need to get raised 50 more thousand dollars. We got two months. Bet. Like, it's a challenge. Like, yeah. Let's get it. Let's yeah. get it. Like, I'm not going to go to sleep chicken. until we do this. Like, let's get it. Like, and yeah. everything, it works out because when you're doing the Lord's work, like, everything just comes together. It really does. Mm-hmm. And you guys have to understand how much support you guys really have and start yeah. making those phone calls. I'll make them for you. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> I am for my MBK. But that's, where, <laughs> but that's where I think that's where you come in. Like, because you're the vision. Like, you see the vision. You're like, you're yeah. like. But, you know, Brandon's like, Brooke, you do all this. No, you, that's after I talk to my brother. Like, because yeah. usually I'm like, mm, boy, bye. <laughs> we don't even have those kind of thoughts. And he's we like, can't, he's we like, can't doubt ourselves. He'll do yeah. the, if you think about it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I could do all those things. You're right. I can. Yeah. And I just got to get better on the, the, the in between because I'm from A to Z. Like, you, you don't see it. It's con- like, you don't see this. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah. And then, then, oh, please believe me, I get in trouble with my fiance all the time. Yeah. Listen, I, I'll be honest. Like, I, can't, I, re- I I feel you when you say you just you feel like you can do anything, right? You just want to go out and, and just do it, right? And But we're going to be strategic. And we'll- yes. I didn't learn that until I started messing with these two. These two were the ones that kind of was like, listen, like, that's great and all, but have a goal. Have a plan. And that's, that's why you guys that's- are a great team, because yeah. you balance each other out. Oh, yeah. You know, one has a vision, like. I, and I have to tell, like, my, my brother, he's like that. He's like, okay, so how are you going to do this with no building, no money, no nothing? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, hold on. Let me write down everything I need. <laughs> All right, now we're going to do this. You know, and you need yeah. that. You need that. You don't want to get carried yeah. away. And you and that's the idea of the Avengers, right? Because we believe everybody has a superpower within them. And our goal, and particularly with I Am Beacon, is about creating the space so that all the superpowers can come together. Well, you want to know what my mom's superpower is? Yeah. Inventory control. So, <laughs> guys, it's really, really bad. And I talk about her behind her back to the staff because she's crazy. But it's good because we need it. So, like, yeah. so shout we out have to your mom. Snacks, yeah. Like cookies and them. chips. And she counts how many we have. And, like, yeah, you yeah, have no, to you count need, how you, many you, you give that. out. And, I, like, we're like, you need to have somebody who can have control. But over then she's that. like, listen. Yeah. I don't want us to have Saturday program next week and we think we have chips and we yeah. don't have chips. And guess what? Uh, 2019, we thought we had a whole bunch of stuff. And then it's like, oh, who's going to the store? Oh, who has the card? Who got some cash? Who like, and it's just yeah. like a circus. So that's her superpower. And it, 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 it works because we are organized. I never been yeah. this organized before and <laughs> I love it. I really, really love it. But that's not my skill, you know? Like, yeah. I'm just a doer. Like, yeah, we're going to do this. I'm not going to hold the paperwork or anything like that. She has filing cabinets. She has all this good stuff. And it's just, like, about having a team and building a team. And another thing, don't try to build your team too quickly. Because then you're just going to have a whole bunch of bad apples. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that's going to come bus. over time. 
Yep. And make sure you keep everyone in their place. Maybe they're going to run a committee. Maybe they'll run a committee for an event. Maybe they'll be the volunteer coordinator. And people like when you give them tasks, you know, but they, yeah. they don't need to take over, mm-hmm. you know? No, this is solid advice. I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with anything. Yeah, no, I, I think you're hitting a nail right on the head. Yeah, that's where we're at right now, I think, yeah, as an organization. Exactly. Because it's back to us. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I do want to thank you so much for just spending time with us. I think this has been an awesome conversation. One, like just going deep on your journey personally, I think that was super valuable for people to hear, right? Because those, what you've brought to life really is what the day to day is, not only from you personally, but then the organization and all the ebbs and flows. And, you know, um, we say in the nonprofit space, right? Because I think we hear a lot about new business startups mm-hmm. and all that stuff, but nonprofit world does have that, that extra layer right. and that a different vision that it, that it marches towards. So that's been super, um, helpful to me personally. And I hope to our listeners, especially our listeners out there that are either dreaming of starting a nonprofit either today or someday, or those that are really in the challenges and in the throes back at the ranch, it, trying to build your nonprofit. So thank you. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for having me. You but hey, before you go, we have a quick ask of you, our audience. If you've been enjoying this podcast, here are some ways you can support us. You can subscribe, rate, and review this podcast right now. You can share or tell a friend about this podcast, which can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And here are some ways to support us. If you would like to sponsor an episode, reach out to imbeacon.info at gmail.com. And if you just want to support our efforts in the community, visit our website, www.imbeacon.org to submit a donation or send us a check at P.O. Box 265, Beacon, New York, 12508. You have been listening to This is Beacon, a dynamic duo high-five production in association with I Am Beacon, a nonprofit organization.